following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, Players' Lounge on a Friday, 11.30 Central Time. You know we're coming at you here. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys safety, Barry Church. Our guy, Danny McRae, is taking the week off. We have a full hour with a whole lot of topics to get to. We are going to give you our opinions. You may not like them, but we're going to tell it like it is. That's the job of the Players' Lounge here, brought to you by Hotels.com. Church, how we doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's a beautiful day out here in the Metroplex, man. The sun's shining. Might get around the golf in, might not, but you know, it's a beautiful day. And I'm on the players' lounge. So, like I said before, man, where else would you rather be? Besides talking about what, what time do you do you like your tea times for golf? Morning, afternoon? I like it. What kind of, what? I'm more of a morning guy because, like, you know, I drop, drop my kid off at school and I like to get on a course right after that. So I'm more of a, you know, 9 a.m. type guy. Knock it out. Knock the three and a half hours out and then still have the rest of the day. I'm, I'm not I'm not a big on afternoon golf because you feel like you're there the whole day and you get the whole day's gone. So I'm more of a morning guy. But speaking of that, Louis, you need to get out there with me, man. I'm telling you, you need to get out there with me. I, I, have you played Craig, Lan- uh, Craig Ranch at all? Over there, up there no, I have not played Craig Ranch yet. I have not. Okay, um, I've got a date right now to play next month, and um, let me see if I can get you squeezed in on this. Um, I'll tell you the hey, details of it later. Pull, pull some strings, man. I know you got them. Okay. Pull some strings I'll, for your boy. Okay, okay. You I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. We'll, we'll try to make, make, make a morning day <laughs> on that out there in uh, McKinney. Um, the Cowboys with a whole lot of news this week, last night, making news where they signed DeMonte KZ. A uh, former mm. free safety with the Atlanta Falcons, who defensive coordinator Dan Quinn would, had when he was a head coach, and um, the secondary coach of the Cowboys, Joe Vitt, was with him last year. So this is a guy locked in here. Church, you and I, we spoke about this, and I set my desire that if you're going to hire Dan Quinn, you need to allow him to bring in the players who can teach and explain his system. You want a free safety in this type of system. That's what he had in Atlanta, went to Super Bowl, had Earl uh, Thomas up there in Seattle. So here's a guy that comes in here. Now, KZ, and by the way, it's pronounced KZ like Jay-Z. KZ has some issues. Torn Achilles in week four, okay? But... He's 27 years old. Here's a guy that led the NFL one year in picks. So you have gone through a torn Achilles. What does it take to get back? And what should Cowboy fans realistically expect from KZ next year coming off that uh, Achilles, which he tore in week four? Well, look, I mean, the Achilles, the Achilles injury, I mean, it's, it's not... It's not what it used to be, you know, in the past, like the early 90s, early 2000s, where if you had an Achilles injury, it was over. Your career was done. Uh, medicine has, has brought us a long way. Technology and all that has brought us a long way. So Achilles, they aren't as devastating as they once were. Um, you still, I, I believe, you still never get that same explosiveness, that same pop that you had previous to the Achilles. But you can get close to it. And uh, thankfully for KZ, 
when he comes out here, he has a training staff with the Dallas Cowboys who are very familiar with the Achilles injuries. I mean, myself, they rehabbed me. I was able to come back, um, started every game from 13 to 16. And Tyrone Crawford is another case who uh, tore his Achilles, and he's a different body type. He's a, he's, a, or he's a defensive lineman, and they were able to rehab him and get him going, and he was able to sign a big contract afterwards and have a lengthy career. Uh, so for me, they have a lot to, they know a lot about the injury and they know how to rehab it. So KZ should be in great hands with this training staff. But in saying that realistically, I feel like KZ, when he comes back that first year after your Achilles injury, it's a little tough. It's a little tough. You're a little stiff. But as you get back going into things, he should be able to get back and get back rolling quick because he's a younger guy. So he should be able to get back in there and get rolling quick. And this is a guy, like you said, Nui, who, who knows the system. He was in Dan Quinn's system. He knows that he's that high hole safety. And he has some versatility to him because he can play the nickel as well. So he's a versatile, rangy safety. And that's what me and you have been, been clamoring for this whole offseason. We need a vet uh, that guy in the back end like a Casey who knows the system who can get these young guys lined up um, It looked like it was between him or Hooker and they chose KZ. Um, to me, I, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the guy they're getting, he's a ball hawk when healthy. And if he can get back to any type of semblance of what he was um, when he was in Atlanta and that whole safety, he can be a benefit for this defense. Let's just hope he's able to kind of recapture that ball hawking mentality when he gets here in Dallas. All right, let's stay right there, okay? You want you you spoke about Malik Hooker, a former first-round draft pick um, from Ohio State. So, so did you want Hooker over KZ? Oh yeah, I mean nothing against KZ, but I just felt like Hooker. He's a bigger body. I feel like he can be more interchangeable because I know they like to run this high hole, but if you get inter interchangeable safeties, you can go back and forth and, and offenses can't just key on, oh, this guy's down, they must be in this type of defense. Or when this guy comes in, they must be in man-to-man. -man. So I feel like he'd be more interchangeable. They're both good rangy safeties, but they come off of injury history. As we know, Hooker, he, uh, he's coming off of Achilles as well. So they both have their injury histories. So for me overall, I would have chosen Hooker because I feel, feel like he's more of an interchangeable guy. But KZ is not, a, you know, that's not a knock against KZ because he can go into that slot as well and play nickel. So they're both versatile guys, but I, I think I would have leaned towards Hooker, but not a bad sign at all by getting KZ. See, I'm the opposite on this. Uh, I wanted KZ because I go back to this thing we've talked about, bringing in someone who knows and understands your system. And I got this from former Dallas Cowboys defensive back, um, Thurman Thomas. He was an assistant in Baltimore with Rex Ryan. And so when Rex Ryan got the head coaching job with the Jets, he went with him and he became the defensive coordinator. So they brought Jim Leonard, uh, the safety, who could teach the guys yeah. on the back end. Then they brought in Bart Scott, the linebacker, who could teach those guys right there in the middle. And I can't remember who they brought in on the defensive line, but they brought three guys from Baltimore with them. And they had to pay them, but that was what they were trying to do. Hey, mm -hmm. let's teach these guys the defense. And look, the Jets, from a defensive standpoint under Rex Ryan, they, they were a good football team and won some playoff yeah. games. Offensively, they had their issues. And I go back to my time when I covered the Lakers, when Phil Jackson took over. He brings in a John Sally. John Sally's biggest experience was he could teach Shaquille O'Neal what a big man needed to do within the triangle. And then Phil also mm -hmm. brought in Ron Harper. And once again, the experience that he brought, the, the most valuable asset was teaching Kobe Bryant, hey, this is what we're looking to do. This is what Tex wants to run. This is what Phil is looking for. And for me, when I look at KZ, hey, if you finally got somebody here as a safety who can tell these guys, and I'm expecting them to go with young corners. Okay, you already got digs yes. here. Let's say they use one of those draft picks on a corner. Here's a guy. Cross your fingers, Sertan. 
Right, but tell people, this is what you want, this is what you want to do. And, and I, I just think that's a benefit. And that to me is why I, would have, I, I said KZ over Hooker. Because now Joe Vitt also knows he can talk to this guy. So now you got two people in the room speaking the same language to anyone and everyone else. The head coach, I mean the, uh, the assistant coach uh, at your position, your defensive coordinator, and now you've got him. Add in Keon O'Neal, who they also signed. Um, I just think now you've got two levels where people have an understanding of what is wanted by the defensive coordinator. Neal is going to start in the linebacker room. Got that from uh, head coach Mike McCarthy yesterday when I went out to the start. He spoke to the media. We got to meet with him for the first time in over a year. So want to get your take also uh, on a one-year deal for KZ, one-year deal for uh, one-year deal for Neal, who also played down in Atlanta for Quinn in, in, in uh, Jovit. So give me your take on him. Yeah, I think that was an extremely solid acquirement of, you know, of Keanu Neal. Like, I, I don't think it's a, you know, flashy big name. Like, oh, we're just one pick. We're one Keanu Neal away from being a Super Bowl contender. Like, I, I don't think it's that type of pick. But I think in the role that he'll play, hopefully, the role that he'll play, I think it's an extremely solid pick. I don't like him as an every down safety. I know you said he's going to start with the linebackers, and I hope that's the case. I hope they find like a little niche for him there. But I don't like him as an every down safety. He's more of that box safety. He can blitz. He can cover tight ends a little bit here and there. He can play some zone, be that enforcer type guy in that secondary, kind of like a Cam Chancellor. So I, I see the role that he wants to, that he, he might build a niche for is that sub-package linebacker, whether he comes in for Van Der Esch, whether he comes in for Jalen Smith, because we know both of those linebackers on you know, third down can be liabilities and coverage. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, Keanu Neal is, is, you know, Earl Thomas or something. He's covering all the warts up uh, as well. But I think he's a better guy in space and a better coverage guy than those two linebackers so i would love for him to come in on third downs be that sub guy be that guy that, that enforcer that blitzer kind of cover the the scat backs or the tight ends here and there i like that role for him that he won't be an every down guy so when he comes in he'll be super fresh and i think that's what they need out there we talked we talked about this on earlier podcasts with uh, the players lounge that you feel they need that cover linebacker and he might be a safety by you know by nature but he can come in he's big enough to be that guy he's big enough to be that cover linebacker and i think he can he can benefit being in that role as that third down kind of sub guy to help this uh secondary and help this team overall I was talking with Rodney Harrison of NBC Sports, and, and Rodney lives down in Atlanta, and, and that was the thing he told me about Keanu. He says, don't put him in safety. He can't cover. He, he cannot cover. No. But he says, put him down there in the box and have him covering, covering some linebackers. He can help you. And to me, I look at this and say, did you improve your football team? I feel like they improved the football team. And yes. that, and, and this is where fans get, get all, you know, a little salty. You know, one-year deals. You're looking at, in my opinion, some stop gaps. Hey, let's just put, let's plug this hole in right now. It's not permanent, but mm -hmm. it's going to plug it right now and we'll make it secure. So maybe there are more additions that come via the draft. Maybe there's an addition that comes that there's a, a post-June 1 cut and somebody is able to come to you. But for now, it's about can you put a group that you can line up on defense right now? And to me, I look at having... KZ as an improvement over Xavier Woods to me. That's how I feel. And I think that... Yes, I'm bringing, with you on that one. I'm, okay. All right. And bringing in Neil is an improvement on the third linebacker you have. 
Sean Lee, love Sean Lee personally, but he's older and Sean Lee's availability was always in question and Joe Thomas is gone. So I look right there and I say, okay, this is this has made your football team better. And they know what the coordinator wants. How many times did we do the players lounge last year and you said, do guys know what in the world they're doing out there? Do they have an understanding of what yeah. Mike Nolan wants? And I, and, I, and I think that's the biggest thing that Dan Quinn, hopefully he can bring down to this Dallas defense. It's just a simple, simplistic style defense where guys aren't, okay, this guy motioned over here, we got to check to A and B, or this guy motioned over here, we got to have a check here. You saw the, the gears turning last year. It was just too much. Guys were thinking too much out there, and it cost his team. So hopefully he can bring down that simple defense. He got some tools with him. We talked about the carpenter needed his tools. So he, he brought some tools with him. He has KZ as the whole safety. And now we got Keanu Neal hopefully being that sub linebacker, that third down situation guy coming in there to fill in that cover spot. Because we knew, we knew these two last year, Jalen Smith and LVE, they were big liabilities in coverage. I feel like Keanu Neal can come in and do what he can do on third down against the tight ends or against the scat back. And overall, I think, I think this defense has improved. I think bringing the, the guys that they brought in, it has improved. And I think one of the biggest moves that they made was telling Alden Smith he's not going to be back. I mean, that opens the door for Randy ah. Gregory to get a lot more snaps. It opens the door for Randy Gregory to get a lot more snaps. And I think him paired with D-Law on that edge, I think they could be something fearsome. So I think so far these moves, as they're not as flashy as some of us might want, I think they're solid overall and they improved this team. Well, when we were speaking with the head coach in the media yesterday, Alden Smith was brought up, and that David Moore, the Dallas Morning News, asked the question. Mike McCarthy was like, hold on, player. He said, I have <laughs> on Alden Smith. That's what, that's what he, he said. He just ain't trying to burn bridges. He just ain't trying to burn bridges. And, and so, to me, this is just my interpretation. Either Jerry hasn't told him we're not bringing him back, but what's the thing we see? They've brought back the people they wanted. Jordan Lewis got yes. himself a contract. You know, they wanted to have him back in the fold. And if they wanted Alden Smith, I mean, especially when we're talking about a pass rusher, if you wanted the pass rusher, you'd have made a move. They didn't make a move. Yes, indeed. The free agency, nope. free agency started, and guess what? Nobody else made a move either. So he's trying to leave it like, hey, it's not over. You know, we, we could bring him back. And I'm just sitting to myself saying, the only way I can see Alden Smith, the only way, is if they don't find anyone in the draft or in free agency uh, post June 1st that they can go get. I just, I just don't see that guy back based on how we've watched the Cowboys do business so many times. Yeah, I don't see it at all. I mean, like you said, Jerry never lets the guys he wants to get out of the building. And like you said, he got Lewis back on his deal. We signed a couple other guys. We signed a couple of D-linemen. We, we could have had that allocation towards Alden Smith because I don't think he's demanding that much on the open market right now. But as we've seen last year, towards the end of the season, matter of fact, it was, it was probably midway, midway through the yeah. season and beyond where he kind of just fell off this cliff. You know, and, and I don't know if he, he, he'd be better suited as a rotational guy or and not a starter, not an every down guy. Maybe he'll get more production that way. 
But um, like, like you said, I don't see them bringing him back unless something, you know, maybe an injury happened and he's still on the market or, you know, I, I just don't see him overall coming back. The production just wasn't there. And there's guys that we have in the building now that need the reps. Randy Gregory, he, he showed out last year. He deserves to get more snaps out there and be that guy opposite DeMarcus Lawrence. So bringing Alden Smith back, I think it just clouds the room a little bit. He had, a, you know, had a great story, but I think it's better that they both part ways with and I looked at Smith, and I was trying. To, I was trying to find it on my phone right there because I thought I bookmarked it. But his production—I mean, you talk about—it it started hot, and then basically mm-hmm. from the last three months of the season, he didn't do anything. You know, the sacks, the pressures, everything was just down. So basically, he did everything, uh, all of his damage in, in the first month of the season, and then he fell off. And uh, so I—I I just think that that whole Olden Smith thing is just like Mike Nolan. You tried it. You know what? It failed. Move on along. And I know there's some people like, well, they're trying, but there's, you know, his, his supporters say, well, Nui, it was just the first year. Let's see what he can do. And I'm like, no, no, you got a new coordinator. Move on. And one of the problems I've had, Barry, through the years is the Cowboys are the kings of having, holding on to guys two years too long. Just you're like, like, well, oh, yeah. you guys still here? <laughs> you know, just, just move on. Uh, you tried it with Alden Smith. It didn't work. McCarthy tried to say, well, I don't want to get in the whole 4-3-3-4. You're trying to run different fronts, multiple fronts all the way. But no, Alden Smith, no, move on along. I don't see them needing him. It just didn't work. It started hot. It ended. And you can't, Barry, you played the game. You know, you can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to yourself. And and, and I feel like Mike McCarthy's lying to himself because he likes Alden Smith personally. Exactly. <laughs> like the old saying goes, man, you don't have to lie to kick it. All right? Like, man, my, my guy, look, we know you don't want to burn bridges. You don't want to make the guy, you know, you like him as a guy. You don't want to kind of just cut the axe like that. But uh, we all know. I mean, this production fell off immensely. And we all know, you know, Randy Gregory's right there in the fold. It, it, I don't want to say we don't need him because you never know with injuries. But it's just now nah, I don't think it's a good match coming back and going forward. And and that, speaking of that Mike McCarthy conference, I mean, he said a lot of things. You know, we're going to bring the 3-4 elements of the 3-4 and properties of the 4 we're going to mix them together. I don't think we need to go down that road. I mean, we, 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 we looked at it last year with Nolan with all these multiple looks and different factors and all this other stuff, and we look like a complete dumpster fire out there on defense. I think what I think needs to happen on this defense, which Dan Quinn hopefully can bring here, is just make everything cut and dry. If we're in cover three, man, look, we're in cover three. You know what we're in. Let's go. Let's play. And, uh, and, I, and he had his best success when he had those type of defenses. Now he had better players on that defense, but according to everybody out there, Dan Quinn's the solution. He, he's going to come in here and make these guys snap back into that 2018 form where they were Pro Bowls and all over the place. So if he can bring that and bring that simple style, I think it'll benefit us. But we didn't get rid of this multiple look, multiple scheme, these properties from here, these properties from there. I just think it causes too much confusion, and it showed last year in this defense. Here's something I took away from what he said, which in my mind, I, I, I didn't really like what I heard. I think the best people know exactly what it is they do. They know exactly what it is. And I would like to ask Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, what are you running? 4-3? Or you run a multiple 3-4? I mean, the, to me, the best ones know who they are. If you ask an offensive guy, hey, are you a, are you a pass? You know, is your offense a passing offense or running offense? I mean, you know what you you you're gonna know what you are. You know, Andy Reid's a passing offense. That's what he does. Down there in Tennessee, before Arthur Smith left to become the Atlanta Falcons head coach, you know that, that was a running offense here. You know what you are. Tell me what you are. 
That's what the best do. I love going to In-N-Out Burger. You know the thing I like about In-N-Out Burger? That's all they do. <laughs> and that's sitting around here. now. And there's not one restaurant, and I'm not going to name them, fast food chain, but they have so much stuff. And I always say to myself, you know one reason why I really never love anything they have? Because they make too much stuff. I've worked in fast food. Okay, I've worked in fast food, and, and I've had to mm-hmm. make different types of things. And every time they added something to the menu, it was I had to think about it. It was one more thing. And, and I always thought to myself, you know, if I wanted this particular thing, you need to go to this particular store to go get it. Uh, Raisin Cane's, all right? What, what, what's one thing I like about Raisin Cane's? They just all they do is chicken. They're not doing any burgers, not doing any go. fish. And, and why are they so successful? That's what they do. You go out to Chick-fil-A, man. People love Chick-fil-A. That's what they do. And that's what I'm finding. Wingstop, you know what that's you what are. they do. You know what you are. And when, when Mike came out there and said, well, we're going to be, we, we could run the board three, three, it's, it's, I'm like, okay. But let me hear from Dan Quinn. It, I mean, really, at this point in time. Let me it, hear from Dan Quinn and what Dan Quinn's going to do. And, and that's the thing we were talking about earlier in, in the players' house earlier this year. Do, do we know the identity? Do we know right. what this defense is about or what, what this team is about overall? I mean, we, it's just to me, it's, it's kind of just, oh, we want to be this, we want to be that. And we're, we're just okay at a lot of things instead of being great at one simple thing. And right now, we I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what the identity is? Because right now, we haven't been told. We haven't been told what we're going to do as a defense. So we'll just have to wait and see. All right, I'm going to ask you this, Church. When you left Jack Dallas for Jacksonville, what was the defense that you guys had that went to the AFC Championship? What was it? It was that Seattle defense, that Gus Bradley single high defense. Okay. But and you knew what you were four three. You know, you know, we knew every time we came out, it snapped a little. I was at down by the line of scrimmage, and you knew what we were. We were either in a cover three, we were a man, or we were blitzing. I mean, there was there was no elaborate disguise. There was nothing like we did what we did, and teams knew that. Now, granted, we we had a hellacious front seven. I mean, we had some of the best defensive linemen I've ever played with out there, and we had a fast linebackers that can run and tackle and cover, similar to what Keanu Neal could do. Because when we had, we had, uh, what was his name? Oh, forget Smith. Miles he was Jack? our linebacker. Miles Jack, and we had uh, Telvin Smith. And Telvin. Telvin Smith, soaking wet, was about my size. So he was 217, maybe soaking wet. But that speed, that sideline to sideline, he was able to do that. And that's the defense that I'm hoping we can get to here in Dallas. Like, maybe we need a couple more parts here and there. But that that single high, that Gus Bradley, that Dan Quinn, that Seattle-type defense, it works if you got the tools and you make it simple and these guys can just fly and hit. And I think we're on the way towards that. But we just got to make add a couple more pieces here and there. All right, let's take our first break right here on the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. The Cowboys made another signing this week. I want to dive into this and get Church's take on this player. Mike McCarthy made some news at his press conference concerning another player. I also asked Mike McCarthy about the offensive line. Does it need to be retooled and what's the health of the players? I'll tell you what he had to say and get our thoughts on it. This is the Players' Lounge on DallasCowboys.com radio. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, 
cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, the Star District is a perfect place uh, for the whole family to enjoy. Help support local Frisco businesses by visiting... um, them to dine, shop, explore, the whole Dallas Cowboys thing campus. And for information on all the star has to offer, visit thestardistrict.com. You are in the Players' Lounge. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. I'm Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys safety Barry Church, Danny McCray with the day off here. All right, man. Um, J. Ron Curse. It was another safety the Cowboys signed. So the Cowboys really addressing that defensive backfield this week with three signings here. Uh, special teams captain played last year. Detroit um, started seven games there. Before that, he played in Minnesota. So many times we get on this show and we really do stress special teams. This is how Danny made the Cowboys here. Your thoughts on Curse being with this football team now? Look, I think it's a great sign. And if, if D-Mac was here, he'd be applauding right now because finally it feels like this organization, this team, they're taking special teams seriously. I mean, look, they signed C.J. Goodwin, who was probably their best special teamer on the team, well, on the team last year he was, yes. and maybe in the NFL. And then now you bring Kersen, who can be that kind of backup to Keanu Neal and that sub-linebacker system, and he can help out on special teams. Now, I did a little, I did a little research on uh, pro football focus, and I think they had him listed way down there as far as special teams. I think he's like 500 or something like that when it comes to teams. So hopefully he can ramp that up a little bit. But it shows that when they sign guys like that, they're putting the emphasis on special teams. They're not just bringing in guys and saying, oh, let's throw him on punt or oh, let's throw him on kickoff because we've seen that can hurt your team. Special teams, if you don't have guys out there with that mentality to go out, go out there and just run through walls, it can hurt your team overall. We've seen it hurt our team in the past. So I just like it overall that they're putting the emphasis on bringing guys in that can play strictly special teams and can help this team out overall. It can be a benefit for us, and now they're taking it serious. So another solid, another solid acquisition by the Dallas Cowboys. So special team guys going to be on specials, and then also is a backup player at the safety position here. Injuries happen. And he's, a, he's a bigger dude. He's yeah, like, six, uh, what, six, he's like six, six, four, two, two, 220 or something like that. So, yeah, he can be that, that sub-linebacker guy behind Keanu Neal. So, to me, I think 
we don't talk enough about who are your backups. Uh, Bill Parcells used to do an outstanding job when he spoke to us in the media to say, hey, I'm always churning the bottom of the roster. You always have to look there because at some point in time, you're going to have to go to the bottom of your roster for guys to make some plays and help you win some football games here. And not picking on the Kansas City Chiefs, but just pointing out because this is you know the, the latest example of what we saw. They lose their two starting tackles. And they had to put a guard at tackle in the Super Bowl. And then they had to take another backup tackle, Mike Rimmers, who, who's an older player, and put him out there. And they got ate up by Tampa Bay. It's imperative. it's imperative that you have backups that can, can play. Cameron Brake uh, was a backup. Remember now, they signed Rob Gronkowski, that Cameron Brake, and then they also had used a first-round pick a couple years ago on the big kid O.J. out of, uh, out of, out of Alabama. Well, O.J. ends up you know, getting hurt, and so now Brake becomes the starter with Gronk coming on and, and playing. And you know, Gronk had the touchdown in the Super Bowl, but just you, know, you need depth. Because I remember a lot of people thinking, and I thought at first, well, if you've got Brait and you got OJ and he got Gronk, I mean, that's too many dudes. But guess what? They needed all three of those tight ends, and tight ends are a big part of how Tom Brady's had a success through the years. So the back of the, the, the back end of your roster and some guys that you may think are third teamers, whatnot, this is important. So I look at the Cowboys, I just It's huge. I like what I like what they're doing. It's not flashy. Okay, it's not the big free agent signing that a lot of people wanted, but I just look here and I just say, okay, I, this can make sense. This can make sense. Neil makes sense. KZ makes it curse. It makes sense. That's what I'm looking at. And, and we've seen, we've seen how injuries can affect this team. Last year, I mean, we had guys go down left and right, and we, we, we put a hosh, hosh posh of offensive linemen together. I mean, we were playing fantasy football. Let's move Zach Martin over here. We can, you know, put Biotis here. We can put Williams here. And, you know, eventually they gelled and they got it together towards the end of the season. But like you said, those, those depth pieces, they're very valuable. And, and, and they're not the flashy, like, oh, my goodness, they acquired this guy. I can't believe it. We're, we're going to the Super Bowl. They're not those type of flashy picks, but they come in handy because football is a violent, violent sport. And it's a long one. And they're, they're, they're thinking about adding another game to it. So injuries happen. Injuries happen all over the NFL. And to have depth pieces like this on your team it comes in value and hopefully these guys will be able to take advantage of that but i mean we need we need these depth pieces and i'm glad they signed these pieces overall but also with the offensive line i mean that, that gets you like joe looney like joe looney i think is a valuable piece of an offensive line he's a free agent so so we'll see exactly he's a free agent That's, yeah his market is and where he goes i remember um and you were you were a youngster at the time but the Cowboys signed Deion Sanders. So they signed Deion Sanders. They already had Larry Brown, who's a starting quarterback on a Super Bowl team. But Larry went, became the third quarter and went to the bench because you had Kevin Smith. So what happens? Um, right out of the gate, here's Deion and Kevin Smith, your starting corners. Pump ends up getting hurt. So Smith is out for the year. Larry Brown has to come in and play and ends up you know, with, with the, the game-winning interception of Super Bowl 30 had two picks in that in that thing and that's mm -hmm. and Larry ended up getting paid by the Raiders but that's that thing about depth you just you, you have to try to find it where you can um, Mike McCarthy made news yesterday when he told the media Tyrone Crawford after nine seasons is going to stop playing football and retire 31 years old he's a guy you played with church your thoughts on Tyrone Crawford calling it a career 
Man, what a great dude. I mean, this dude, I know we, we, we kind of got out, got after him a little bit during the season because of his productivity, but I mean, overall, this guy's had a heck of a career, man. I mean, he's in the trenches, down in and down now. He was a third round pick. And from the beginning, when he came to the Dallas Cowboys, he had that just that dog mentality. The guy that you want to go into the fight with, the guy that you want to go to war with, will have your back. That's the type of guy he is. And he did all the dirty work down there. He, he got all the double teams. He kind of, when the offensive linemen weren't able to get up to the second level, he was a reason that Jalen and, and Sean in 2018, they were able to run sideline to sideline because he was that guy that did all the dirty work for him. You know, he didn't have a lot of sacks or a lot of, you know, tackles for loss or all that stuff. But the guy is a solid teammate and he was a solid player. And I'm glad his career, he was able to play with one team. And that's something that a lot of players aren't able to do. They're not able to do the whole distance with one team. And he was able to do that and um, like I said he was a great captain great team leader and he was an amazing locker room guy I mean this guy he would give you the shirt off his back if he could so great career salute to that man he had a hell of a career and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does post football because he's an intelligent man so I want to see what he can do post football but hell of a career for Tyron Crawford so Crawford is not going to be a member of the Cowboys anymore um, he was a free agent. Sean Lee is also yeah. a free agent. Mike McCarthy yesterday said that they were still having conversations and basically said there's not, nothing's been decided in stone about Sean Lee. But to me, when I just look at the kind of roster space they have and the money that you have to commit when you bring in a veteran player like Sean Lee, I don't see how he has a role because you brought in um, Keanu O'Neill, who they said, and it was in McCarthy's words, he's going to start in the linebacker room. So I'm thinking right out of the gate. All right, you, you've got Van Der Esch, you've got Smith, you've got Neal. If you bring back Sean Lee, where does he fit in? And this other key component I had to keep trying to stress to fans, Sean Lee's not a guy that's going to play special teams. Can you afford to yeah. have a guy on your football team who has two things that work against, three things that work against him, one, age, two, his, um, his ability to stay healthy, and three, doesn't play specials. I just don't see how you can do that. Yeah, you're right. I just can't see it. Just the special teams part of it, because he's a guy that's going to be on the active roster. He'd be dressing right there. You're only allowed to dress, I believe, what, 46, or that was the old rule, but... He's another guy that's just going to take up a roster spot. And I mean, look, this is a hell of a guy, hell of a teammate, hell of a coach out there. But that's a spot that you can bring in somebody who can you can help out on special teams, who can go out there and run on punt, run on kickoff, block on kickoff return, do all those things, and add a depth piece for the linebacker unit, like a, like a Luke Gifford, somebody like that. So to me, if he were to come on there, uh, if they were to bring him back, I mean, it, it'd just be filling up a roster spot. And I, I just don't think they need to do that. Um, I think they're, they're still talking because maybe, maybe, he wants, they want him to come back and coach. I'm not sure if he wants to go that route, but you know they, they, they just don't want to burn bridges. So we'll see what goes on with Sean. But as far as bringing him back as a part of the team on the football team, I, I just can't see it happen. I just can't see it. And I also think that the Cowboys will make some type of move in the draft. And when you just look at contract situations here, it's something that, you, you, in my opinion, you look at where guys are, then I think you have to try to look to – to, to bring in other guys. Jimmy Johnson always used to say, hey, I'm trying to draft your replacement. So we know mm -hmm. Jalen Smith's contract, the team after this season, they're done with the guaranteed money. So they could move on from Jalen. Then you've got Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, next year, if they pick up the if they pick up his fifth year option and they've got to make this decision a little bit later on this year. You doing that, dude? You, you doing could, that? I don't know, man. I, they, they, I expect them to do it, okay? I expect Ooh, them to do it. 
expect them to. I expect them to because it's what they do. Yeah. The fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown has always been something that that, that has this that's hurt Jerry Jones in my opinion. They keep, you know, how many times have I said they, they, they hold on to guys a lot longer than they should. So, without having a replacement for him, I think they just go ahead and pay the number. You, you pay the number Oof. now. Do you, now here's the question. This is the bigger question. It's much more than the fifth year. It's does he get a second contract? Does Van Der Esch get a second? No. Contract? That's the bigger question. That's, and that, uh, it, it, oh, I just I, I mean, he, he's got to play all sixteen. He's got to. I think he if he if he he can get back to that that rookie year. But I mean, when you as a player, when you got an injury like that, like that neck injury, it's subconsciously in the back of your mind. It, it's always gonna mess with you. It's always gonna be there. Like I don't want to stick my head too far in there. And at the position he plays, he's gonna be banging each and every down with big three hundred pound linemen coming at you. And subconsciously, you're always gonna be like, oh, let me make sure I got my neck out of there. And it's not gonna let you be that explosive player that you once were. So for me. One, he has to play all 16, and he has to get back to that playmaking mentality, which I'm not sure he's going to be able to do. So for me, I, you know, but you got to figure out if you pick it up before the season. So I, mm, that's a tough call, man. That's a tough one. At this point in time, just knowing their history of what they've done and what they have done, I believe that they'll pick up the fifth-year option on on Leighton Bandage. Mm. Also, I do believe we could see the Cowboys use a top. One of their top three picks, because remember they've got, I mean, they got top four picks on a linebacker. You know, they've got a first round pick, a second round pick, and two third round picks. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at them using one of these picks on a linebacker that they believe can cover. I look at a guy like a Chaz Surratt at North Carolina. He's not listed as one of your top linebackers. You know, the one, you know, he's not listed, as, you know, like Micah Parsons. But here's a guy that. You can start to look and say, can he fit our scheme? And Surratt is a kid who can play. He used to be a quarterback, which is interesting. He started off as a quarterback, and then he became a linebacker. And, and that's hmm. somebody, well, that, let me say, why can he cover? I was like, because he, know, he knows what he's seeing. I think that's an advantage for a player on defense. Like, okay, I know what I'm seeing here. Um, so, so we'll see. That's we'll true. see. But, but I just think that when you start going and looking at your linebacking core, you've got to start to address this and think long-term here because you've got injury questions with Van Der Esch. Um, you, you've got, is Jalen Smith going to be be what you want him to be? And then you've got Neil, who's also limited as well. You, at some point in time, you'd like to get yourself a Devin Bush type of guy on your, on your football team. And you got to, and those injury questions to me, I, they, they blow my mind here with the Cowboys. Like, we always either drafting or, or bringing in guys with previous injury history. Like look at our whole defense right now. I mean, Jalen Smith, even though he's played a lot, he, he's had an injury history. LVE got the injury history. We're bringing in KZ, who's coming off an Achilles. Same with Keanu Neal. I mean, we, we're just fielding a defense full of injured, injury-prone players. And it, it's scary. It's scary. That's why I hope this defense, this draft, we use it to stockpile on defense, man, because we got a lot of guys out there with injury history, and we saw what happens if one or two guys go down, this whole ship could sink. So it, it, it's tough, but we, we got to hit, and we got to hit defensively in this draft. Which goes back to my thing about a guy like Sean Lee, that injury thing and, and not playing special teams, you simply can't have that on, on your football team. And, and at a certain point in time, you've got to start to look at players. And I go back to another thing Bill Parcells used to say, are you a progress stopper? You bring in some of these mm. guys, you bring them back, they're, they're stopping the progress of a younger guy to see exactly what they Alden have Smith. and what can they do for you. 
And that was that was one of the guys I was going to bring. Alden Smith. You're blocking the progress yep. to see exactly what what else can Randy Gregory be? What else can Dorrance Armstrong be? Um, you need to see this. I thought that Jason Witten's last year with the Cowboys, he was blocking the progress to seeing more of Jay, uh, of what we could see from Blake Jarwin. That we needed to see more. Yep. Um, you've got you've got to at some point in time just say, all right, you know, older player, thank you. We need to move on to a younger guy because we need to see. And if you get to see earlier what a younger guy can do, then you can make a decision that may be smart enough that you can sign the player to a contract with more favorable terms before that, you know, and that you can project. So I, I just look at some of these moves and some of these guys and just say, oh, are you a progress stopper for the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> and if you are, then we need to move on from you. And, uh, and you, you can't forget the whole salary cap thing. A Luke Gifford is going to be a cheaper player for you than Sean Lee. And Luke Gifford is going and to be play special, special teams. teams, and that's what Sean Lee can't do. Right, so if you're not one of my top three guys, my fourth linebacker can't be that dude that, that's there. You know, it's like mm-hmm. your third running back. Your third running back can't be a dude that's not out there playing special teams. That, you just can't have that. Can't do it. Can't be on the team. And today <laughs> not at a third. Yeah, so so that is to me uh, a real a real big deal there. Uh, by the way, we got breaking news: Dolphins trading the number three pick to the 49ers for the number twelve pick. There's also some other things in there, but how about that? That's some breaking news. I'm just seeing Ooh. right now. Here. Dolphins go from Jimmy three G on his way out. Well, um, yes, and and uh, here's what I hate about that. Because I was just talking with somebody the other day about the Cowboys. I said, I think number 10 could be in play if Jerry Jones wanted it to be. Because if the quarterbacks are moving like we think they could move, somebody will mm-hmm. want to come in at 10 because you've got plenty of teams that are behind the Cowboys that are looking at a quarterback. And I mentioned the 49ers at 12. I mentioned uh, New England at 15. I think the Raiders are sitting here around 17. The Bears are at 20. So the Cowboys could have some options. So that Niners option is off the table here for them. It's also, gone. Smart move, hey. smart move by Miami. Look at it this way, Barry. You're, you're now saying Tua's okay. Tua's okay with it. We you're saying he's the guy. Two. You're saying he's the man. Yeah. And you don't have to pay that price tag of a number three pick. And then, of course, they got other stuff here, too. So, um, wow. So that just happened. That just happened right that, here during the show. That's huge. Right here during the players' it, Yes. And if you know, if, 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 all right, so if the 49ers going up to three, they're going after a quarterback, they're getting one of those early guys, maybe uh, uh, the kid from BYU or Trey Lance, one of those, they're getting one of those guys. So Jimmy right. G, Jimmy G's on his way out of there. Now, do you think yes. it's going to reunite, reunite, reunite with Bill over in New England? Because they got Cam for the cheap. So it ain't like, you know, if they dump Cam, they're getting, they're getting hit with all this cap and dead money or anything like that because they got him on a relatively cheap deal. He's three and a half. I can see million. Jimmy go. Sh- yeah, I can see That's what Cam, Jimmy Cam's G. Making. You know, they shipped Jimmy G over to New England. He's been in that system. Bill loved him. He wanted him to be the Aaron parent, you know, before Tom Brady said he got to get out of here. But I can see that easily happening, man. And, and, and the way they got things set up now, that, I mean, it's, New England might be in play for real. All right. Here, here's what it is according to NFL Network. Uh, Dolphins and Niners make this trade. So the 49ers get the third pick in the draft. While Miami gets number 12, they get a three and a future number one source. I mean, so a, future number, a future number one uh, source confirmed by Adam Schefter. So... What a fantastic mm. deal for Miami. You go from 3 to 12, you're going to get yourself a future number one pick, and you get a three right there, and you get to cut down costs. Uh, Adam Schefter also mm. tweeted out, 49ers are now square in the mix, but they're holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo and have 
no plans to trade him per sources. So they may say we want Ain't his no quarterback. Um, well, okay, I'll throw it out there this way. Jimmy's making money. I think it was like 22 I heard, something like that. So that's not crazy yeah. money for a starter. Because mm. of the way you, you have the salary cap now, you could fit two quarterbacks in for this price. Or you do, and to me, what should you say? You should say, I'm holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo because you want to get something better for him. You're basically saying, all right, Belichick, give me a real offer if you want the guy. Show me something. So this is... They can get uh, you a bidding war out of there. You can can get you a bidding war out there. We'll we'll see what happens. Because Jimmy's a solid Q. When healthy, you know, he's a solid quarterback. He did just lead that team to the Super Bowl. So... I mean, I'm not sure somebody would get him as a for number one. Like they wouldn't pay, trade a first round pick or nothing like that for him. But you, you can get you can get some solid depth pieces for Jimmy G. All right, let's take a break. Um, let's get into the draft for the Cowboys here because now that they've made some moves, let's kind of project what we think they could do at ten, and also the offensive line. Got to touch upon that as well. And that's also a part of the draft conversation. I'm Dewey Scruggs. Got Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys player. We are kicking it with you right here on the Players' Lounge on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, Book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands. And now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, get the ultimate fan experience here. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting for just $20. Join now. Get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details. All right. This is the beauty of doing this show here. We just find out that uh, found out that the Miami Dolphins and 49ers have made a trade in the first round. 49ers going from 12 to 3. They're also going to send a future number one pick 
to uh, the Miami Dolphins, and Miami's going to get their third rounder this year. That story broken by Adam Schefter, also confirmed by Ian Rappaport of NFL.com. Church, in this game, you do not trade from 12 to 3 to take a tackle or a linebacker. Nah. You do it for nah. a, either a pass rusher or a quarterback. They're going to go get a quarterback, and I believe, this is just my opinion, that quarterback is Justin Fields of Ohio State. I would have to agree with you on that one. I think so, because if you think, if you look back at it, I mean, a lot of people were trying to link Deshaun Watson and Mike, or, and Mike Shanahan out there in 49er land, and they would say how he would become an instant MVP and this, that, and the third about him. And if you look at it, I mean, Justin Fields, I'm not saying he's Deshaun Watson, but they have a similar skill set. They're both athletic. They both have huge arms. They're kind of this playmaker-type quarterback. So they both have those same type of type of skill set. And I believe if the 49ers go up there and they grab him, I think they can get the most out of him. And he could be one of those, you know, one of those top rookie quarterbacks coming out. So I don't I can I can see it happening. I can see them going to get um, uh, Justin Fields, rather than you know uh, the kid from BYU or the kid from uh, or Trey Lance, the kid from uh, North Dakota State. So I can see that that feels happening for sure. Well, if we look at Trevor Lawrence going um, number one in Jacksonville, BYU quarterback going number two to the Jets, and that leaves you Fields. I and this is just me. I don't. I don't look when I look at Fields. I don't see Watson. I really see more of a polished Dak Prescott in college. I think that it had Dak Prescott played at a, a school like Ohio State, where you had so many more folks around you, versus Mississippi State, I think Dak could have had that same type of effect in terms of uh, being a player that could lead a team to the college football playoff. You know, go to a big time bowl game. Uh, Mississippi State, you know, you're just limited by so much of what you what you have around you. You know, they're not a school that's mm-hmm. going to be in that national championship conversation. Um, it, it's just tough. And I know he made him number one when he was there, but you know, he was doing so much on his own. Get a little help out there. I think he's more Justin Fields. I think Fields at this point, um, because it was a more accurate passer. And Dak coming out of Mississippi State, Dak's improved upon that. But when I just kind of look at, hey, what do I project Justin Fields as? I think he can be in that Dak Prescott conversation. That's how I look at look at him. So to me, I think that's what the 49ers do at three. So let's just keep talking about the draft. Right now, we're expecting three quarterbacks to go. There's no way they don't take Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. The reason I say no, he's going to be white. They take the BYU quarterback. I think that you know they're going to look at Zach, and if you take Zach Wilson, you don't have to pay him as much money as you would have to pay Sam Darnold. You know Sam Darnold's contract is going up there. You can get, you can get the kid uh, from BYU and pay a lot less money and not have to make a decision as quick on a second contract. So I can see that happening, and then the 49ers take take uh, Fields right there. So that's quarterback one, two, three. The Cowboys here sitting at ten. So as you see quarterbacks mm. go. This pushes down talent towards you. The Cowboys oh, here we go. are sitting in a position that they could and should be able to take a top corner at 10. Okay. Patrick Sutan from Alabama, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, who came in second for the Jim Thorpe Award. Uh, Patrick Sutan ran this week. He ran a 4.4240 yard dash. He's six foot two, 208 pounds. Patrick Sutan, the second, his dad played the league. This is a guy that you hear the word technician a lot of times. You're like, hey, he's not super great at any one thing, but he just does everything well. Church, your take on that player and this and the 40 yard time. Look, I, I've been beating the desk. I, I love this kid. This is who I think we need to get on our 10th overall pick. 
pair him with his former Alabama uh, teammate over there in Diggs, and I think we have a set secondary. We got the veteran guy that can control the defense back there in KZ, who's been in Dan Quinn's system, so I think it's only right that we get that other book and corner, and I pray that we get this guy, and we do not go after uh, you know a flashy offensive pick like the tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. I keep hearing this name come up and it's momentum. I understand. I understand this guy is a freak of nature. He's a mismatch nightmare and supposedly he, he can just elevate your offense automatically when he gets in here. But we already have an explosive offense. We, we get our quarterback one back. We get what arguably top five, I would say, as far as wide receiver trio and Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Cooper out there. We, we got we just paid Blake Jarwin. He's coming off of an ACL. But to back him up, we got Dalton Schultz, who's no scrub out there. So for me, we have so many offensive weapons. And that's not even to mention Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. We have so many offensive weapons already to pass the ball around. I don't think we have that luxury of going after an offensive guy like Kyle Pitts when we have so many needs defensively. And I think if we go after Sertan, will it fix the whole defense and make us a top 10 defense? No, but I think it will solidify that secondary. And that's one step closer to getting where this defense needs to be. If there was a flag, if there was a great defensive lineman to go earlier than that, I would pick him because I believe going, uh, you build your defenses from the front to the back. But there's not that guy out there. I don't see a guy who can affect the passer and rush the passer as good as Sertan can play corner. So for me, I got to go Sertan right there, solidify the secondary, and let's get it rolling for there. As long as we do not go offensive, our first pick, I'll be, I'll be all right. Even if it's not Sertan, as long as we don't go offensive, I'll be good. We just can't keep chasing this. We got to put up 35, 45, 55 points a game when our defense is giving up 35, 45, 55 points. We gotta start somewhere on the defensive side of the ball. We can't keep pushing it back, saying, "Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll address that side of the ball later. We'll address that side of the ball later." We gotta put talent on that side of the ball, and I think it starts with Sertan. So, hopefully, that's our number, our, our tenth overall pick. What you think, Louis? Hey, uh, you're preaching to the choir. You and I are singing the same hymn. Now, I want to also bring in the name J.C. Horn, a corner out of South Carolina. He ran this week. He ran a four. Point three nine. He's six foot one, two hundred and five pounds. Uh, six GMs were at his workout, so basically had a lot of GMs who went from Tuscaloosa to the Bama Pro Day and hopped on over to Columbia, South Carolina to check out the Gamecocks Pro Day. There are some folks who believe that that J.C. Horn has is a better player. I look at J.C. Horn and I think he's good. He's good, but I love that Sertan is more certain. You know, I don't need super flashy. He's more polished. Right. Who could come out. Right. He's polished. He's played on a championship team. We looked at what Diggs did last year, and I believe overall we say, you know what, for what he was asked to do in a messy defense, this guy was your leading interceptor. And his teammate was a better player at Alabama than him. I think that could be a solid duo, and you can at least start someplace. But J.C. Horn, your thoughts on him if the Cowboys say, hey, we like this player better. Uh, see, I got, I got to watch more film on J.C. Horn. I got to see where he's at because you got to be – see, the workout warrior, I, I'm always nervous about it. Are guys that post these ridiculous numbers and they're like workout warriors, but when they get to the field, it doesn't really add up. I mean, look at the guy from UConn that came out after Byron. He was just – I forget it. I don't want to butcher his last name. It was like open, open lock. Yeah, he was a workout warrior combine. 
He had, you know, he's running this, he's jumping that, he's built like a, a Greek god. And then when he got to Oakland, he just couldn't play the position. So I, I'm not saying J.C. Horn is that, so I got to do my more, more study on him as far as film is concerned. Yeah, he could but play. But you got to work out play. warriors like that. Okay, all right. For Nui saying he can play, then look, I... I still would go with Sertan because just the pedigree alone, he has that dad who's played 10 plus years in the NFL. He's had that pedigree since a kid. Basically, what a defensive back is supposed to do. He can play zone. He can play man. He's physical in the run game, which a lot of corners aren't nowadays, but he will stick his nose in there as a corner. And he has the eyes for the ball. So for me, I'm still going with... Uh, I'm still going with Sertan at 10, but J.C. Horn, I mean, he's, he's an impressive player. Like I said, I got to do more film study on him, but I'm still going Sertan at 10. I think about the great Ozzie Newsom and how he ran his drafts in Baltimore, how Ozzie was so consistent with his, his first over, his first picks in, in the first round, and it was really simple. I'm going to go out here and get a really solid player. We're not going to make a mistake. This is a guy who's going to come in here, and he's going to start. What would Ozzie do? What would Ozzie Newsom do if he were drafting at 10 for the Dallas Cowboys? He would take Patrick Sertan. He would. He would just check off all these boxes, and it would say, you know, there's going to be a heck of a solid player that we can sit up here and plug him in here, and he can get to a second contract. And that's something that pe- I don't know if people think about it. Up. The second contract is really where they make the money, and this is where it really pays off for you that, hey, you know what? We're now sitting here thinking we're going to get about nine or ten years out of a player. And if you can get nine or ten years out of a player, then that shows that you drafted well and that the player lived up to, to the standards you wanted and you gave him a second contract. I look at Patrick Sertan as a second contract guy. Caleb Farley was a name linked to the Cowboys, the corner out of Virginia Tech. We find out this week that he needs a, another mm-hmm. back surgery. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, says that he will conveniently be ready for training camp at the end of July. He also had an ACL that he tore while he was in college, so it's a second back surgery. There's some people who are saying maybe the Cowboys should take him at pick 44. So let's say the Cowboys go... They, they go a different direction. Let's say they take an offensive tackle, they take Kyle Pitts, they take an offensive player at 10, and then here they are sitting at 24, uh. and Caleb Fardy of Virginia Tech is there. Barry, would you feel comfortable if they pulled the trigger? No. Hell no. Because to me, like, look, if we... If he's at 44, no, no there's no way because that means we have taken an offensive guy in the first round and we just cannot do that. But back to the Farley pick, I just don't, I don't like bringing in guys with injury history. They, he's yet to play a down in the NFL. You say he had an ACL, he's going through a back surgery now. He plays in the secondary. I don't, I'm not, I'm not comfortable bringing in a guy like that who's been, who's had injury history. We just talked about it earlier with this defense. I've named LVE, Jalen Smith. I mean, there's plenty of guys on there who have already had injuries. We got it. We're, we're fielding. Keanu Neal, KZ's coming off an Achilles. We're fielding a defense full of uh, injury-prone guys, and I just don't want to bring in another injury-prone guy who's going to miss, if there is, who's going to miss OTAs and, and the early mini camp because he's not going to be ready till training camp. Then you got to get him up to speed. He has to get back into shape. I, I just don't see that. I just don't like that project right now for the Cowboys. Stick with Sertan at 10. I'm telling you, he's the answer. Oh, by the way, Caleb Farley didn't play last year. There's another thing. He sat it out. So, So to me, it all adds up to too many risks. At 44, the Cowboys have tried this thing with injured players before. Um, look, Sean Lee came from Penn State. 
uh, dealt with injuries and dealt with them his whole career. They bring in Jalen Smith, mm-hmm. who basically had to sit out. He, I mean, well, not basically. He had to sit out his whole first year with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't believe if I'm Mike, if I'm Mike McCarthy right now, I don't want to take anybody that he may, may potentially have to sit or I can't count on. They need walk-in starters in the first and second round, in my opinion. These these two picks and maybe even the third round, you need to get people who can walk in here and help your football team, especially on defense. So Farley's a guy, to me, I'm not just taking him out of the first round or the second round for the Cowboys. I'm taking him off my board, period. I just don't want that player right now. To me, it's just too much of a risk. We've seen them do this. Bruce Carter came. He had injury history. And and they've just missed on these second-round picks so many times, in my opinion, that I just feel like you need to just make a solid pick. A solid pick, somebody Mm -hmm. who can play. So if it's Greg Newsom of uh, Northwestern who's there, then take that guy if that's where you go. So that was just just my take there. By the way, Church, I forgot to tell you, man. Uh, I went to the star this week. Our boy Shannon hooked us up. Okay, well, we got the Snickers, oh. the Snickers peanut brownies. Um, I, I got a, I, I got something I could take to your house. So I got I got one bottle. I'm about to say I need some of them, man. I need some. I, we we I finally get some, and I ain't got nothing to snack on. This is crazy. Oh, this is. I'm gonna tell you too, man. It's really good. It, it's really. Good. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> had some yesterday and, and it hooked up my little one. We went to the library. I said, hey, I got something for you. And she's like, oh, this is good. This is good. I said, yes, it's really good. So, so I'm like, man, we make sure I let church know so I can swing by the mansion and drop it on off to you, get, drop some off to you so you can bribe your kids to tell Come them so they can get, they can get you to get some of this. And, and it's good, man. And they say 90 calories per square. Not that I cared, but uh, it, it's pretty good. So this uh, That's delicious. delicious. Let me get. I need some of that. Brownie. I need some snack yes. on. Mm. So thank you, Shane. Peanut butter. Thank That's something we can do. Yes. Yes. So good on that. Good on that. Uh, Appreciate it, Shane. Get out of here. Um, Mike McCarthy spoke about it. He said, quote, my primary focus is the defense. And I did ask him about the draft and drafted some defensive players and try to fix this draft. He said, you know what? Yes, I expect us to take some players. I also asked him about his offensive line. Hey, what's the health of Tyron Smith and Lel Collins? He said Lel Collins was just out there working uh, Thursday morning. He said uh, he's coming along fine. He said Tyron Smith is fine. He said they didn't have any issues right now with their veteran players coming back from injury. So he expects them to be fine. I said, what about retooling this O-line? He said, we just got to get healthy. He said, if we could just be healthy, That's it. then we're good. But and look, I, time, I believe time. Oh, go ahead, no, go ahead. But at the same time, we know they've had issues with health from Collins and from Smith. We know that. So there we go. But go ahead. I, and, and look, I know, I know, you know, through the, through the years, you know, everything, Tyron Smith has not been able to finish a full season in a while. But I believe that's going to change, man. At least I'm hoping it's going to change. This is a guy, he went down early in the season. He's had the whole whole season, whole offseason to get back right. McCarthy's saying he's in great mood. You've seen him. He posted something about being in great spirits a couple weeks ago. So I feel like he's going to come back, and I hopefully we get that that old Tyron Smith that, that can play 16, that can play the whole thing. Because if, if we have him there, if we have our two Tackles on the outside protecting. I feel like that opens up our offense a lot. Gives Dak Prescott a hell of a more, a lot more time back there to do damage. And I think it benefits the whole team. But they got to stay healthy. And I think this is the year that they can play all 16. I go back to what we said to Danny Cray when he's been on the show. Danny wants an offensive tackle at 10. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I got to get the Cowboys drafted a tackle. I'm just not 
before the Cowboys drafting a tackle in the first round. If you want to use one yes. later on here, go ahead. The Cowboys found third-round picks and did well in their offensive lines. I like to add uh, Eric Williams, who's who was an all-pro player in all the Super Bowl team. So that's what I'm looking at. Do it later on. David Bakhtiari, fantastic tackle with the Green Bay Packers. It was a fourth-round pick. You can find mm-hmm. some guys in later rounds. Do it there. But this first round, second round, I think you got to address this defense, man. I really do. Uh, dude, we're out of time, man. I told you this hour already by here. It has flown by here, man. So good stuff, Church. We appreciate you coming on in here. Uh, our guy is Chris Beam. I can't tell you how much we love Chris Beam, our producer, who keeps this thing straight, keeps it set. Uh, everybody over at Dallas Cowboys, um, I mean, they're just fun. They're, they're fun, and, and they make this show fun, and we appreciate you all who check out this show. And thanks to the Twitter follower who told me I said Thurman Thomas instead of Dennis Thurman. So thank you right there for the correction. We'll check you out next <laughs> right here on the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. Take care, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!